Welcome to Hypnotalk's Question and Answers with Axel Hommach and John Butler. This is now the third episode, and this time we are going to deal with a question of a colleague of ours from our Closed Transforming Therapy Facebook group, Christoph asked a question. He has a difficulties with a client of his and he is asking for ideas how to proceed. My name is Axel Hombach. I'm the leading hypnotist and coach of the Hypnose Zentrum Köln. I'm currently online with Dr. John Butler of the HDI in London, the Hypnotherapy Training International, the leading school of hypnosis and hypnotherapy training internationally. Good morning, John. Good morning, Axel. How is everything in London? Uh, well, it's a dull morning, but um, everything is very well. Okay, wonderful. We are having a rally out here. <laughs> okay. So, but that is not our concern now. Let's come to our question for today. We are doing it very much as the last time. I'm giving you the question that Christoph placed in our group and... Then we're going from there. So, Christoph asks, Dear John, I have a slight problem working with a client and I'd like to ask you for help. My client is 50 years old and has different kinds of anxieties. His biggest fear is that he will not be able to reach a toilet in time when he is away from his house. The special difficulty is he remembers situations of the past, but without any feelings associated. He can feel only when he thinks of the future. I've tried the effect bridge with hypnoanalysis and the Simpson protocol and various other techniques. Zero feelings came up. Can you, John, please give me a hint how I could help my client? Thank you and many greetings from Germany. Christoph. John, when I do a quick assessment, it sounds for me, as you mentioned in the last episode too, a lack of readiness for change. So maybe that is something to look into. What makes it difficult for the client to change, to be ready for change? Uh, what is it that may uh, uh, stop him from revealing his or accessing his emotions, or is he maybe uncertain if he can trust the hypnotist? Uh, is he testing the hypnotist? What would you say? Well, Axel, of course, we don't have the client in front of us, but... Um, yeah, this is always the difficulty when we do these sessions. Of course, we're looking at the possibilities, and this is a good example of working with somebody who has an inhibition on their emotional energies. In the old days, the words were resistance, the client is resistant, but the client is having problems revealing their emotions. Uh, and thank you, Christoph, for this question. It's interestingly, uh, it's a category of clients that we role play in our therapy training courses, how to help the client get into the emotion where there is emotional inhibition. Now, like you say, readiness for change and what these inhibitions, this defense that he's holding up is about, we can't be sure at this point. 
But to start with, of course, we have a great range of un uncovering methods using uh, Gestalt dialogue, uh, sentence completions, and other tools. And of course, the right questions, good empathic communication with open questions, will all be encouraging the client to go further into their issues and into their emotions. Now, we're not professional interrogators, as you would have in security forces where they're trained to get people to open up and say things. I mean, I know about those techniques myself. You can help or you can almost, what shall we say, ensure that somebody reveals something. But we're looking for a cooperation of a different kind from the client. It's a therapeutic cooperation at a very deeper level so that the therapy can proceed. And a lack of revelation by the client, which is necessary to build a therapeutic relationship, is usually coming from a great fear of rejection by them. If they were to reveal their feelings, they would be judged to be inadequate. This lack of self-love that we often talk about is often at the roots of it. Now, the therapeutic relationship, of course, depends on the therapist having the right traits and being able to be both confrontive as well as empathic and so on. So all of these set the scenes for the client to reveal. In that therapeutic relationship, we create the therapeutic or healing environment where clients can explore difficult feelings and start to reveal them and not feel they're being judged. So all of that is very critical and needs to be in place for the client to reveal, as well as the decision to cooperate with the therapy, to be ready for change. Now, I would always explain to the client the relevance of emotions here, the importance of it for therapy. This is a feeling mind therapy, hypnotherapy. Uh, it is not primarily cognitive if we want to use that kind of labeling or divisions that we talk about in therapy sometimes. Uh, hypnosis is predominantly feeling mind therapy. The psychic truth, we say, lies close to the emotion. And our emotions are there for us to use. The question is, do we choose to reveal them and express them and use them constructively in life? Or do we, as in this case, inhibit them? And that client staying in the intellect is usually making a subconscious choice not to reveal. It could even be a conscious choice. But they will be revealing it, by the way, in their body, in nonverbal expression. And we can open up the feelings through different routes, through the Gestalt dialogue, going into the body, uh, as mentioned about the sentence completion tasks. All of those can help the client get into it. But of course, in the final analysis, if they don't want to reveal the feelings, they won't. Now, when we have a client who won't reveal the feelings, rather than I can't, which is what they usually say, we will ask them, I would say, to use a sentence completion task such as, if I were to reveal my true feelings, and get them to go through six, seven, or eight uh, iterations of that, something useful will often come up, because when they try and block it intellectually, their feelings will be revealed in the body usually. You can even go to the other pole and say, when I don't reveal my feelings, and the client might say, I feel bad, I feel the therapy is not going to proceed, and so on, so on. And then after several iterations of that, they might say, when I don't reveal my feelings, I feel safe or I feel strong. But our job is to make them aware of the importance of the emotional energy is being revealed so that we are then in the subconscious level of the mind. Then you can do affect bridge and other work. Without it, 
the therapy can't proceed. And the client needs to realize the consequences. As with motivations, you know, we have to let people be aware. When you don't reveal your emotions, you're blocking off a major part of your being. Now, therapy is more than emotions, and emotions are of various kinds. We can explain their role in our lives for connection with life, for connection with others, and that we have the choice as to how we use them flexibly, adaptively, very creatively and constructively, or like a lot of people, we can choose to only reveal certain emotions in life by being either superficially always very happy, so we never connect with underlying sad feelings, or like some men who are very angry all the time, but really it's kind of a a cover, a lid on their sadness, or somebody who's always sad and never learns to express joy. And so as the client is educated about the value, the importance, and the role of feelings. And by the way, when a client doesn't express emotion, the default emotion in human nature, because we we can't live without emotion, the default one that they're left with is really a form of depression. They don't really have a strong emotional energy available other than depression. And they may not be aware that they're depressed, even, because they're trying to cut that off as well. So there's a lot of layers of defense mechanisms can be involved, and we can help that client open it up with our therapeutic approach. Now, when this client, from what I remember you've just said about his fear of you know, not being able to find a toilet out in the uh, city, out and away from his home, there may be a lot of feelings of shame and guilt from events, from things in the past, past events, and this is one of the reasons he's blocked off not entirely the memory of the events, but perhaps the feelings of shame and guilt that were so unpleasant. So we're going to get the client using all of the best tools that we have, that we've learned in our training, and we'll give them every opportunity and every help to reveal emotion. At the same time, the client must take responsibility and make commitment to change and generate a level of readiness for change. We always say, don't work without a psychic commitment from the client. It would be far better to say to them, now, I'm not getting a psychic commitment from you at the moment, so we can't continue until you take off that suit of armor, right? take off that shell, protective shell, and give me something to work with, give me some material. So that's dealing with what emerges, in other words. So you would be well advised even to say to the client who is absolutely unwilling to reveal emotion, to think about it. Go away, think whether you're ready or not to work on this with me, and then come back in a few weeks. And that's a very powerful part of the therapy, giving the client an ultimatum sometimes, with a lot of positive message there that I'm here to help you, and you can reveal this, and you'll be fine. You can cope with the revelation and what it brings up. So if all of that is in place, that therapeutic relationship, the therapeutic environment, then the chances of therapy proceeding are very, very high. So thank you for your insights, deep insights, John. To sum it up, would you agree that you can say is work on the trust between the client and yourself, that the client trusts you more than he obviously does now so that he can change 
educate him so that he becomes aware of what he's doing to himself and how important it is to have a connection to his feelings, even though it might not be the feelings that or emotions that he wants to feel. And then also, as you said, if I don't get a psychic commitment, come again uh, at a later point of time so that you confront him with his unwillingness to work currently. Absolutely, Axel. You've mentioned about that therapeutic relationship and it's such a foundation for the therapy. Hypnotherapists often don't talk much about it, but it's well known and well established in all the literature. It's key to therapeutic change. All the studies show that far more than the specific techniques in most cases that are being used. So a client can be encouraged, but they must make that commitment too. It's a two-person approach. We are like the tailor, but they must bring the cloth. If they don't give us the emotional energies and the revelation of what's involved, you know, associated with the emotion, we can't do the work. Uh, there is an excellent video of uh, Lee, a case where Gil Boyne works with somebody who has greatly repressed emotion, and you see how powerfully Gil is able to penetrate through that and help him to reveal. But the psychic truth that's in there, associated often with shame and guilt, the client must feel that they trust you, as you say, to be able to reveal that and build that therapeutically appropriate form of intimacy that is part of the, the therapeutic relationship on which the therapy proceeds. Especially when feelings as guilt and fear of rejection are included. Absolutely, which is what many people feel at some deeper level. Another word for because you mentioned therapeutic relationship, is rapport, right? Rapport is a very big part of it. Uh, we could spend some time talking about the therapeutic relationship, the therapeutic environment, that healing environment that's created, but that's for another day, I think. Yeah, besides, you are teaching that in your classes. Of course. Okay, John, thank you very much for your insight again, and we are coming to an end. Our time is up. We have now about 15 minutes. I'm very excited already for the next interview that we are doing next week, where we go into a very fascinating other question. Right now, I would like um, to say again, thank you very much. And to all of our listeners, thank you for listening and joining us in this third episode. And have a good day, John. Thank you very much, Axel. And for the people out there, please keep Questions coming. Uh, we're looking, I'm looking forward to these uh, informal discussions and we'll look forward to uh, uh, another meeting, Axel, very soon. Goodbye for now. Bye for now.